Podcast, a podcast designed to fill your passenger seat with chat about classic cars, all recorded from my 1968 Morris Minor Peggy. I'm Becca, and today, on this absolutely gorgeous sunny day, I'm on my way to work. But we won't think too much about that because I'm going to be talking to you today about my trip to the Lakeland Motor Museum during our holiday last week. So, for this trip, I'll be thinking about holidays and lovely sunny things. Uh, on my way to work, so that's lovely. So, as I said during last week's podcast, during our trip to the Lake District, we planned to go and visit the Lakeland Motor Museum. And on the way up, I was fortunate enough to check their social media uh, and find out that they had their local kind of meat gathering on, uh, on the first Saturday that we were there. So, uh, some fantastic accidental timing on our part, considering that we'd booked the holiday uh, way back uh, towards the end of last year. Um, but it meant that we had uh, the opportunity to kind of get kind of involved with the museum on our arrival uh, and not just kind of walk around. But if you've not got such good timing, uh, you might be fortunate enough to find uh, a car club in their outdoor display area from their social media and also talking to uh, Chris Lowe, their operations manager. Uh, they seem to have a pretty busy schedule for car clubs using their various different areas within the car club, uh, within the car park, um, and being generally very well attended um, by lots of classic cars. So like us you're more than likely if you go on a weekend to have the added bonus of uh, something interesting in the car park um, so I was really lucky about that and also I suppose if you're a local car club or perhaps looking for somewhere to go to on a more longer distance journey with a car club uh, then the Lakeland Motor Museum might work really well for you guys uh, it was a gorgeous drive over in the morning from uh, our hotel in Windermere. We kind of drove alongside most of Windermere because it's placed right at the bottom of Windermere on Lakeside. And um, we arrived and saw kind of Chris directing people into the various uh, sections. They had two other club events on in different sections of the car park. and. Uh, then in the main display area right outside the museum was the meet so we were guided in there we were fairly early um, there not long after opening time so got ourselves a really nice uh, spot like I said uh, last week uh, right next to the caravan that they've got displayed outside and quite close to the museum and uh, took to ourselves quite nicely away there and set off on a little wander around the display area there was a really fantastic display of cars. Um, Chris told us that there was uh, quite a few locals who regularly come to the once a month meet. Um, and it works quite well because there is a cafe on site so you can grab yourself uh, a drink or something to eat um, as a breakfast thing uh, whilst you're kind of there walking around and talking to people. And it was really nice to be able to talk to people 
the people that were there with their cars were incredibly friendly. Me and Jamie found ourselves talking to several different owners, um, including the owner of a Land Rover Series 3 Safari. Um, he was the second owner of this Safari and he was actually looking to sell it. Um, and it was quite a rare spec as well. So it was really interesting to talk to him about the history of the vehicle, how it had been sold to uh, a family over in the north of France who were quite well off, who used it for hunting, and even got things like um, headlining and door cards added into it. So it was quite unusual. He was very kind of open to uh, showing us inside the car and having a really good nosy around. Um, and yeah, lots of lovely owners who we had some really interesting discussions with, but that one really stuck in my mind um, because it was such an unusual car. Another car that really caught my eye was a Bristol um, that was an oily rag restoration. It was running beautifully, um, but on the outside really looked uh, kind of as found in a barn or something. Um, and it was catching a lot of people's eyes. A lot of people wanted to kind of have a really good nosy. The interior was all as is as well. That hadn't been touched. Um, and yeah, it really stood out as a, as a bit of something different. We spent a really good amount of time outside. I think it was probably upwards of an hour, um, by which time the kind of display area had really filled up and again, huge variety of cars there, even for just a small little area. We also had a nice chat with um, Chris from the museum, who had spotted us doing our filming and photography of the cars and stuff, uh, and asked kind of what we were up to. And um, it would be really nice to kind of talk to him about the museum, what he kind of hoped to achieve with the museum, and the idea that He'd worked quite hard to make people stay a little bit longer in the museum and when, when we got into the museum we certainly needed no further encouragement. He also told us about uh, some of the cars that we might expect to see which was quite fun to kind of have an idea about what we were going into um, as it meant that we were kind of looking forward to and spotting things. Um, Jamie had been promised a Triumph Spitfire and uh, I'd been told that there was uh, a good singer presence in there, but unfortunately no Morris Miners, and also an Austin A40, much like uh, my parents' poppy. So we hung around in the outside display area, had some really good conversations for about an hour, um, by which time it was starting to kind of drizzle a little bit with rain. So seemed like a good idea to head into the museum. had been really lovely and uh, offered for us to go around um, on the museum's compliments um, because of the podcast so that was really nice um, so we kind of went in uh, let the girl on the desk know our name and headed in now the museum is set out uh, chronologically for the most part so you start off and you go in and there's some really early examples 
of uh, motoring, uh, those really early cars with the, the tiny spindly wheels and um, wooden wheels for, as well. Uh, and also some really early forms of kind of motorcycles that were essentially bicycles with a very small motor attached to them. And um, one that really caught, our, a couple that really caught our eye from this section was uh, the Dion Bouton. And uh, also they had um, a car owned by Malcolm Campbell that had been also painted in the same blue as all of the Bluebirds. Um, so that was uh, a really special car to see. It was also kind of really nice that the cars weren't displayed um, on their own. A lot of the early cars had mannequins in uh, period dress to kind of really give you an idea of uh, the, the, um, the time period that these were from and just how long it is that we've had cars uh, in our lives because some people would struggle to kind of place that, especially young children, so that was nice. Um, and there was also some early motoring memorabilia um, dotted around each of the cars. We moved through into the 30s and 40s uh, where there was uh, a gorgeous traction Avant that always catched my eye. Um, one of my kind of favourite styles uh, of car that I've uh, kind of learnt about since joining the car community and uh, fascinating cars and really great that none of the cars uh, particularly in this section were massively fenced off or anything so you could get really quite close and have a, a good look inside um, at all of the cars uh, and how you could also make some really interesting photos from this section onwards because they had kind of shop fronts and things uh, placed behind them um, that were in keeping with the period of the cars so that was really good. Moved on into our 50s and 60s cars where we were able to spot the little A40 and uh, an MGA that had belonged to the police. But yeah, really lovely uh, display of vehicles in, in that area. And again, those, those uses of the shops and things made for some hopefully quite interesting photographs um, from my part. Uh, as I'm filming this, I'm waiting for the film to come back, but hopefully we'll have heard back before uh, this podcast goes live, so I'll be able to insert some of those. It was then into the uh, later 60s and um, 70s where we managed to find uh, a really lovely burgundy example of a Triumph Spitfire and a Singer Vogue um, in the same style as uh, one that my parents used to own, which was really nice. Same colours as well, and uh, had some Singer Owners Club magazines uh, on, the, on the front windscreen, which was uh, a nice little addition. There was also um, a car featured here that the car wasn't necessarily the star, but instead uh, the large collection of Smurfs on the back parcel shelf was. Um, and it was really interesting to hear about uh, Chris's decision to add those Smurfs to that back parcel shelf. Um, 
to be kind of an eye catcher, but also to represent um, quite a different time for petrol companies where people were making choices, not necessarily on the price like we are now, but on kind of the, the freebies and additions that you could get. So be that green shield stamps or the pester power of your kids wanting a, a Smurf toy, um, whichever Smurf was released that week. Um, and it was quite an impressive collection to find on the back there. You then head on upstairs in the museum and upstairs there's quite an impressive array of uh, autumn memorabilia. Um, anything that's kind of car related, be that glasses, um, tyre ashtrays, all these sorts of things that are kind of adjacent to the craze of cars that has really started um, since their introduction. Um, and a great array of motoring themed amusements which me and Jamie had great fun playing on because if you've got spare change in your pocket and there is a little change machine in the room you are more than welcome to have a go at these uh, amusement style things and Jamie took great pride in beating me at all of them um, but they did make for quite a lot of fun move on through there and you get uh, some interesting displays of motorcycle related items, some further awesome memorabilia such as car badges, um, spark plugs, a really beautiful light up stag um, for your bonnet, bonnet mascots of all shapes and sizes um, and then through into a section that had um, a great array of bicycles and kids toy pedal cars um, in kind of so many different a lot of people when you think of kids pedal cars and stuff will think of the J40s but there was kind of every car possible that I could think of uh, displayed as a, a pedal car they've got a really great range it was a little section with uh, some Vespers and uh, Lambrettas in and it was great to see that they had a little video playing of uh, some trials and uh, different activities that had been carried out at a scooter rally um, in the period um, which included people doing handstands on the back seat of uh, a scooter while someone was driving around um, pillow fights on scooters it was great kind of period footage that really caught our eye whilst we were in the area and, and kept us there for that little bit longer. There is also a great section on uh, the TT which obviously takes place not that far away from uh, the lakes and um, then it was back downstairs to um, what was my favourite part of the museum and um, I'd been promised to sing a Le Mans but got very confused when we'd been through uh, what seemed like the appropriate era for that car and um, not, not seen one. Um, and I was starting to be thinking, well, we've seen a Vogue, so maybe that's kind of a, a bit of confusion or something. Absolutely not, should not have doubted it. The best part of the museum is where they put 
the singer Le Mans alongside some other 30s period cars in this kind of garage display with absolutely stacks and stacks of things like like spark plugs and headlights and anything that your period garage might have had kind of lying about um, was all there kind of surrounding these cars um, and also they had a Singer Motors sign that I'd never seen before um, in any other museum which was great and um, some really beautiful examples of uh, Morris's in that area as well um, a really gorgeous blue one uh, parked up next to the Le Mans and um, also a thing that caught my eye was a little sign on top of one of the Morris's uh, that was about being out early in the morning uh, so don't block this car in uh, which is a fan fascinating little period accessory that I've never seen before but I'm a little bit obsessed with and would love to find one um, because I think that's such a such a unique piece that, to that era um, and just a brilliant thing that I've never seen before and really caught my eye. It was such a well put together section of the museum. I spent entirely too long there. Jamie had to come back about three times from the 70s and 80s bit that was afterwards just to see what I was doing because I was still there like looking at all the tiny little bits and pieces, taking photographs, um, and yeah, having a, a really enjoyable time in that section, kind of spotting all these little bits and pieces. After I'd finally managed to drag myself away, it was into the uh, 80s and 90s, uh, with the obligatory DeLorean that always catches people's eye, um, and quite a lot of period BL and um, signage and things also around. When you walk into the museum it doesn't seem that big but we did spend a really good amount of time there. Um, considering we'd gone in at about 11 o'clock we were not out of there until close to one o'clock really um, and it was then through the very dangerous place of the gift shop um, where I picked up a few bits and pieces uh, before we decided we'd have a little pit stop in their cafe um, before we uh, headed on to the last section of the museum about the bluebird. Uh, the cafe was really lovely, Jamie had an excellent soup and I had uh, a nice little piece of cake and we both had uh, a lovely little drink um, and it was right on the river so you can have a nice little sit by the river um, and enjoy kind of where you are which is the Lake District and a fantastic place to be um, and after that we headed up kind of through the display area that had slowly started to empty out uh, so if you do decide you want to go for this sort of thing make sure you do the stuff in the display area before you go into the museum uh, because they don't necessarily hang about too long but yeah fantastic um, little uh, display area it is. It's a really nice wooded area to walk through up to where uh, they have the bluebird experience. Um, and I have got a bit of an interest in land speed records. You guys know that The Fastest Indian is one of my favourite films. And uh, to kind of see the history of the Campbell family 
in relation to Coniston Water and uh, their experiences breaking um, water speed records um, was really more interesting than I thought it would be. I spent a lot of time in there uh, reading about kind of what had happened and um, the unfortunate end um, to Donald Campbell's life on Coniston Water. It was really interesting and it made, having been there, made such a difference to when we went to Coniston Water a few days later to kind of have that context and history in our back, in the back of our minds whilst we were sat there. Um, and it was great to kind of see some of the originals and some of the replicas of uh, the Bluebird vehicles. So we left the Lakeland Museum at about two o'clock and had had a truly fantastic time. It had been a great way to spend a good four hours um, and we'd seen some really interesting stuff, stuff that had really caught our eye and yeah, just had a, a brilliant experience. I believe I had been there um, a very long time ago when I was quite young, um, however, uh, they've moved premises since then and this premises uh, seems really great and the fact that they can host car clubs, multiple car clubs in some situations um, and little meets uh, is a real credit to the museum, it works really well and um, yeah, fantastic day out. Uh, I know that a lot of people probably go there just because they're in the area and they're looking for kind of touristy bits to do but I think it'd be great to see kind of more car people going there intentionally um, and having a fantastic time because it's a really well put together museum with some interesting choices of cars. I, don't, I didn't see a Morris Minor in there. They'd gone for a few more unusual cars um, that perhaps you don't see as, as frequently at shows and things. So it really made quite an interesting difference. But yeah, that was our experience of the Lakeland Museum. Peggy really enjoyed herself out in the car park um, and I hope you really enjoyed hearing about it today. Um, I'd love to hear if you've been there or if you're now planning a, a trip to the Lakeland Motor Museum. But in the meantime, drive safely and happy motoring. <laughs>